0: Welcome back to the Movement Fluidity Podcast. I have a really special guest today, Michael Leary, who is a friend of mine, and he has an awesome story and just an overall really great guy. So this is going to be a really fun one. We're doing a QA and a session because uh, Michael's podcast, The Curiosity Game, they do a lot of Q&As, and that really sparked my interest. Uh, it's a great balance between the humor and uh, applying the sciences and Everything he's learned. So, gonna give that a try today. Uh, thanks for coming on, Michael.
1: Absolutely. Super psyched to be here with you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.
0: And if you would, would wanna start out by explaining your background information, um, I know you're a personal trainer now, and just talk a little bit about uh, the journey and where you are now.
1: Totally, yeah. So my name is Michael Leary. Uh, I'm a personal trainer. I built my own in-person studio where I see clients, and I built uh, on the heels of the pandemic, built an online training and nutrition company uh, where I program for clients remotely uh, for their nutrition and their training and overall lifestyle design. Uh, but I got my start in training by uh, actually having a big health scare. So I was in. Pretty unhealthy uh, growing up, uh, had a lot of like trauma and used food as a way to, you know, try to heal that trauma uh, and became horribly out of shape and became very, very sick, which ultimately came to a head when I spent a good chunk of my senior year of high school uh, in the hospital with Crohn's like symptoms and horrible stomach pain. And um, it it was quite a traumatic and, and troubling time. Uh, and ultimately what happened was, uh, you know, it, I had a lot of different lifestyle design factors that led to that position. And I was in the Barbara Bush children's hospital in Portland, Maine, and my room looked west and west from Portland is Mount Washington. And I was there in the fall. And so you had the leaves in the foreground and Mount Washington was in the background and it had snowed on it and it was this like beautiful and iconic view. Uh, And at that point, I was like, if I ever get out of this hospital room, I want to get to the top of that mountain. And it became this kind of pillar of strength for me. And it was one of those things where at that time, I hated anything to do with fitness, didn't enjoy the outdoors, you know, would start sports and quit them because I'd get uncomfortable. Uh, Like I was a very uh, vulnerable kid. Uh, And it was one of those things where I started to hold on to that. And As I got out of Barbara Bush Children's Hospital, I spent some time in different Boston hospitals. And once I was finally cleared to start moving, I started to eat better and I started to box a bit and found, you know, main site CrossFit and started doing that in in, uh, my mom's garage and went to college and I was gonna go for business. uh, And it was just, I was very much getting into this, you know, new style of training and health and overall wellness. Uh, And that led to me switching to an exercise physiology uh, path because I was very intrigued by what I was learning firsthand. Uh, And at the same time, I signed up for a couple of, you know, outing club trips uh, to try to get, you know, more experience working towards getting to the top of Mount Washington. Uh, And long story short, I did make it to the top of Mount Washington. I've done it many times now uh and have really fallen in love with you know all things movements and using it as a way to like uh both physically become more robust but also mentally to become more robust um and that led to ultimately you know having a career as a personal trainer i worked at a studio in portland for about a decade uh and then went out on my own and it's been an incredible journey i've met amazing people uh and and i've gotten more from it than i feel like i've ever been able to give Way so i feel very very lucky in that regard
0: wow what an awesome story and uh just the perseverance it must have taken to really take that take that first step um on your journey to eventually climbing mount washington and then uh doing everything you've done since then what was it that what was the first uh step the positive in, in a positive direction that you took was it those boxing classes that you said
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, pretty much. I think the, honestly, the first, the first step was just finding any kind of movement that felt like it was even slightly intriguing. Uh, I didn't know how to move well. I didn't have like a big background in sports or anything like that, where I learned how to move well, but we had a, um, punching bag in the garage. And so I would just go out and do rounds on that. And I'd last like 15 seconds and be completely gassed out. But Slowly over time, 15 seconds became 20, which became 30, which became three minutes. And, you know, I was able to build up a capacity and that just lit a fire for, you know, learning more about CrossFit and other styles of training. And I slowly started to dabble into running and things like that. Um, But ultimately, it was just finding any kind of movement that I didn't hate to start uh, and then letting the momentum build on that.
0: Nice. Yeah, the momentum really does build, you just got to take that first step. Uh, yeah, so if you're very true, if you could explain the whole human and the school of life, uh, the, the new projects that you do online, uh, that'd be great. I really love how you take a holistic approach and you incorporate the physical personal training aspects, and then breath work, nutrition, everything just to really improve the whole human. And it's a great name for that because that's what it sounds like it does. And there's not enough things out there that do that.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, so many for the last decade of working with people one-on-one and, you know, working with groups and various people like that at different stages in life, you realize that people show up for training and even if they come three days a week, you know, which is a good amount of time to be training, There's so many other aspects of the rest of their hours and the days, you know, that they're not with you, where there's a lot of different discrepancies that can arise and nutrition and stress management and things like that. And I wanted to create a platform and a place where, you know, there's vetted information where, you know, you can have breath work. So if you're incredibly stressed or having trouble sleeping or, you know, just need to like recenter yourself for a moment, you'll have the ability to d- learn about why breath work is important and how to put it into practice and learn different styles of movement and, you know, learn the fundamentals of nutrition. So you become less overwhelmed by all the stuff that's out there, uh, that's largely <laughs> meant to make you confused and buy different things. Um, And I wanted to be able to place this in in one spot and make it easily available to people. And that's largely what the whole human is. And also I've worked with a lot of people in the remote capacity where, you know, I'm curating their experience for them. And I was noticing that, you know, the training is one small, small aspect. And ultimately I wanted to be able to take that and and have people understand like, okay, we need to figure out like, what is your overall vision and where do you want to go? And that way we can make informed decisions about what our training and nutrition and and movement lifestyle looks like. And that's where the school of life was born as well. And school of life is essentially a way of, um, doing a very in-depth goal setting and then being able to work backwards. So you slowly begin to change your life by having this North star of an identity that you're working towards. Um, and the way that I, I do that is essentially, you know, if you were to take 10 years from now and write out, you know, what's your perfect day, if you were to really like step back and, and, and it could be a couple different iterations of days, but, you know, 10 years from now, like there's no anxiety of like, oh, this needs to happen tomorrow or next year even, but like let your, you know, flex your creative muscle and just see what's possible 10 years from now. And then from there, excuse me, you can work backwards and distill all the way down to like, what are the tiny, tiny habits that you can start doing today that are slowly moving you in the direction of, of that 10 years down the the road. And what happens is often people have these, you know, what seems like lofty goals and ambitions and ways they want to feel in their skin and uh, new levels of confidence. And all of a sudden you start putting in these small practices, you know, in the very micro sense. And all of a sudden you start feeling that, you know, 10 year vision in six months, in a year, in two years. And you realize that, you know, that those feelings and those objectives that seem so far away are actually a lot closer than you realize. You just need the framework to arrive there and the accountability to help make sure that you're staying on on track and feeling supported. And I think that's the biggest thing now is, you know, some, so many people navigate life and there's a lot of inputs coming at us and just having the accountability and support of, you know, somebody leading something like that, but also the fellow uh, people going through it. It's one of those things where then you feel this tremendous amount of support and, you know, that becomes your community. And when you only are around people who want you to succeed, it's, it's impossible not to succeed.
0: Yeah, it is. And that made me think of a, a quote I heard that was, you underestimate or excuse me, you overestimate what you do in one year and then underestimate what you do in five or 10 years. And I've, I've struggled in the past completely with, agree. with thinking that um, I'm just gonna make all these rapid changes and then reach my goals super quickly. But when you just take it a day at a time, implement all those small steps, then you get lost in the process. And then next thing you know, you've reached those goals instead of doing so much in a short period of time. It's just the consistency. So I love that you are uh, teaching that to people, to people. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I appreciate that. And it is amazing. I, the first time I really like started down this path was about 10 years ago. And I wrote in this notebook that I thought I had lost, uh, you know, what my 10 year vision was and it's amazing. I found it and it being about a decade later, and the amount of things that have come true from that, like literally every single one had, I had accomplished and every single one that I didn't, you know, that I, I didn't accomplish was something that now, you know, where I'm at, it's something that I realized I didn't actually want, you know, it was like ego, egotistically driven before. Um, and it's amazing to see, and it's something where I wrote it out, you know, put it out into the world, created the habits that I wanted to do, and then totally forgot about it. Literally, we were just, as we were moving, um, you know, I found the notebook was thumbing through it and I was like, wow, I did that, I did that, I did that. Um, And it's amazing. And without that documentation of it, you would never be able to celebrate the successes that you've had because once you find success, it's really easy to then move the goalposts further out. So you feel like you're always chasing and it's harder to stop and actually look back at how far you've come and celebrate the wins that you have. Um, We're naturally driven towards always wanting more, Um, but I think it's very important to be able to celebrate the wins that you do have and the successes that you have created up until that point.
0: So do you have a journal and do you recommend to clients that you physically write down these goals and then when you reach them and then the little steps that they take along the way, is that uh, physically journaling it? Is that a big part of this program?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a big part of it. And, you know, ultimately it starts as this like higher level, you know, it's, it's hard to journal on, you know, goals and things like that without an understanding of really where you want to go. Cause otherwise you're just, you know, writing down goals that you think maybe other people want you to achieve, or you think that other people want you to achieve or what your ego wants you to achieve. And that's where like, you know, ultimately for the 10 year, you know, perfect day or perfect days, um, you know, writing it as if you're the author of of a book of a character that you really align with, you know, and writing it out in, you know, long form, you know, paragraph by paragraph. And the more detailed you can be, like, you know, I can tell you in my, you know, 10-year vision currently, you know, I can tell you what I feel, what my body physically feels like as I wake up. And I can tell you what I'm looking at out the window. I can tell you what the floor feels under my feet. I can tell you, you know, all these different iterations. And then from there then you can start to work backwards and actually distill you know the the goals from that and it's one of those things where with each goal i have clients write out a because statement and that becomes in in a sense like a mantra or north star so it's like Mm -hmm. i know that you know there's a level of like how i want to feel making breakfast for my kids um, and you know taking them to school and things like that and then that because statement is because you know i want to be a badass father and it's one of those things where then that being a badass father becomes my North Star that I can start, you know, using my identity right now and say, like, all right, in this situation today, you know, would a badass father, you know, be short and be worried about work and would be like, you know, doing that? Or would I be like, okay, I'm going to do that after you go to bed right now. I'm going to be completely present with you and I'm going to create the best experience for you right now. And it's one of those things without having that understanding of where I want to go and being a badass father. I may be quick to be like, oh, you know, you play by yourself for a minute. I'm going to try to multitask, which isn't going to work anyways. Um, You know, now I'm going to be a completely present father and be very happy with that. And again, you know, having that understanding builds momentum. And all of a sudden, it just becomes a very easy way of how you show up in the world.
0: It does. And I definitely need to write out that 10-year plan. I really like how you took the specific details and feelings because, Typically, when I've done something like that in the past, it's just these kind of quantifiable goals, but it doesn't tap into those feelings and emotions that uh, you will feel. So then you kind of put yourself in the position that you're already there and your body starts to uh, or your mind and body start to align and recognize that these things are in the future. So I really like that. That's awesome. Um. Okay. Let's yeah, switch. It, oh yeah. You Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. You no, can no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to, um, yeah. And Q&A,
0: so you finish up.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And I was just going to say, ultimately, you know, the difference between just writing out goals, which you get into versus, you know, writing out more of the feelings is ultimately as you write out and can really like live into it, you become emotionally more bought in. And once you're more bought in, all of a sudden the goals carry a lot more weight to them. And again, you'll have that understanding as to why that's important versus just, you know, being like, I want to make this amount of money, or I'd like to live here, or I'd like to make this amount of impact on clients and things like that. It it really helps you buy into it, which again, will create long lasting success.
0: Yes, that's what it's about. The long lasting success. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So let's go into the Q&A session. Um. I will start by asking a question and then you can go into an answer. Uh, whichever depth of the answer uh, serves you best would be great. And then I'll give a quick answer Perfect. for myself as well. So Perfect. first of all, let's party. let's party. What is your purpose and mission in life? What is what is it that keeps you driven every day?
1: Ah, Such a good question. honestly, it's just trying to be the best version of myself that I can be, uh, which ultimately then bleeds over into helping other people. Um, Like I am truly motivated by seeing other people find success. And the benefit that I personally get from that is, is incredible. Um, So being able to, you know, help others in a magnitude of ways uh, is something that's very, very meaningful to me. Um, how about you? I'm, I'm fascinated to hear your answer.
0: Well, I would say it is very similar to yours. Uh, the My purpose is that I want to help people overall, uh, specifically the neurological condition population. I want to show people with disabilities that they can find their true abilities and do more in this world. So I would say, yeah, that specifically that, but overall, just helping people, maybe sharing my knowledge that uh, I dedicate a lot of time to just so I can improve a small aspect of somebody's life every day. And that's what gives me joy. So, uh, that, yeah, that's my purpose.
1: Ah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and so important to do. And, you know, that entire population is really lucky to have somebody with firsthand experience and be able to help. Uh, so that's incredible.
0: Thank you. Same to you. Okay. Next, what is one thing that helps you deal with setbacks?
1: Uh, I've had a lot of of, uh, troubling times and I currently am having a mother who is in the process of of passing away way too young from uh, Alzheimer's. And it's one of those things where You know, I'm somebody who used to be very rattled by setbacks. And now you realize that life is very short um, and you don't know how long it is. So oftentimes the setbacks, quote unquote, setbacks that I would historically be very anxious about or feel like it was, you know, terminal, uh, you realize that it's not, it's going to be okay. Um, So often, you know, I use those as an opportunity to be like, okay, you know, this is now an opportunity that. I get to learn from and make new decisions from, but ultimately, you know, life is short. So realizing, you know, the important things are important and everything else, you know, while it seems in the moment, like it carries a lot of significance, if I'm not going to be worrying about it in six months, then there's no point in getting too turned around currently about it. Mm -hmm. How about you?
0: Uh, First of all, I'm sorry to hear about your mother and it sounds like you are dealing with Setbacks very well. Uh, that is a great, great answer. Uh, similar again. I, I'm sure a lot of these are going to be similar. I think we're like minded in a lot of these ways. Uh, I just remind myself the times I had it a lot harder, and when physically, if if uh, if that is what I'm talking about, uh, I am gr- I am grateful for the physical abilities that I have today because I did not at one point in my life. And then just realizing that uh, there's so many things that I thought were going to be permanent. And then you look back on them in five years and they're not. So it's really hard in the moment to do that. But just reminding yourself, all right, maybe this, this will suck for a little bit. But in like you said, six months or a year, or five years, it's not going to matter at all. So trying not to waste any energy on the setback easier said than done but uh that's what i shoot for at least
1: i like that truly easier said than done but (laughs) i like that that causes a lot more like mental resiliency and robustness and i think also that's the importance of creating challenges for yourself, whether it's like bigger physical pursuits or putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Cause you realize that you can be that much more robust than you historically thought you were. And again, like all things that creates momentum and all of a sudden you're able to be, you know, a much more resilient person.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing we talked about before is set, uh, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And since I met Michael, Uh, I really started to actively go out and put myself in as many uncomfortable situations as I can, just because he gave me that reminder. And the more I do that, the easier they get. And now, instead of shying away from these, I'm slowly starting to really enjoy that little butterfly in the stomach. And, um, it just expands the capabilities where then you feel comfort. And the more times you get setback, the the more opportunities you have. So I think now I'm looking at setbacks as a positive thing, just because I'm, it's showing that I'm putting myself mm-hmm. out there, being in an uncomfortable situation, and that it will lead to success down the line.
1: Ooh, that is, clip that, that is a perfect <laughs> way to look at that.
0: Okay, next shift gears a little bit. Uh, these questions came from one of your pod, one of your podcasts called Adventure. And let's start out, by the way, for the listeners, you got to check out that podcast on the Curiosity Game. Uh, that was one of my favorite ones. So the question is, what is the best adventure you've ever been on?
1: Ooh, I'm lucky to have been on a lot of really, really good adventures. So that's something that's very meaningful to me uh but the one that sticks out to me the most was this like i don't know 30 hour period uh pre kids pre pandemic my wife and i went to new zealand uh and we did kind of like living out of a van for a while and we went um mount cook is the tallest mountain it's huge um and there's a hut up on it and it's this beautiful, no electricity. It's sitting just below these hanging glaciers. It's, I mean, literally one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And it's a good, like, four to five hour hike up to it. Um, and then you can hike around it. Um, and we, you know, parked, loaded up, hiked up to it. Um, this is a very strenuous, but amazing hike. And we got up there and, you know, we cooked some dinner and we met a couple other people and you know you watch the sunset and you hear the glaciers crashing all around you and it's just this like very very uh, amazing place to be because you realize how small you are and you're so removed up high on this mountain looking down over you know these glaciers and these lakes and it's beautiful um and we woke up early to watch the sunrise over the mountain and hiked down. And then from there, we, uh, did a trail run, dumped our stuff and did like a 10 mile trail run out to this, uh, uh, lake that was formed by a glacier. And on the far end, the glacier came down from the mountain, ended right into the, the lake. And there were these floating icebergs. Um, and we basically got down to shorts and jumped in and swam <laughs> to touch a, an iceberg and got back out, uh, and then ran back. And I, it's just one of those memories that is burned into my brain and. You know, it's it's no matter how how troubling a day can be, I can put myself right back there and and everything feels good. Um, But that's that's one that pops into my head. Uh, Yeah, I'm very fortunate to have some amazing adventures. How
0: about you? That sounds amazing. Did you uh, did you was that the coldest water that you've ever been in, would you say?
1: Oh, hands down. It's like yeah, that was freezing, freezing cold. And you yeah. swam too? It wasn't yeah, just a quick freezing cold. No, it was this, I mean, I'll look, I have a f- photos, I'll, I'll try to find. It was a good, like, I don't know, 150, 200 feet away. Swam oh, to wow. it, you know, touched the iceberg and then uh, swam back. So it was huh. a good two minutes in the water, probably three minutes in the water. Um And it was, and it's crazy because of the mineral content, you can't, the water is like almost this like bluish white. It's, it's really unique. Uh, and so you can't see anything like your hand can be an inch underwater and you can't see it. So as you're like trying to get out, you're like going by feel. So it's one of those things, like you finish the swim and all you want to do is like get out and get into the sun. Uh, and you have to like go really, really slow to navigate because you have to go by feel to get out. Um. But again, you're just in this magnificent place looking up at these towering peaks with it's summertime, but they're, you know, full of snow and glaciers hanging above them. And it's a, it was an incredible experience.
0: Oh man, that sounds crazy. Uh, Okay. My best adventure would be, I was hiking Franconia Notch in the White Mountains in New Hampshire with three of my friends. This was probably two years ago now. And we got separated from two friends, so just one buddy. Uh, We went up to the top of the mountain and uh, my other two friends were down at a lake, uh, kind of in the middle of the mountain. And they told us that we didn't have enough time to go to the summit because it was getting dark and we were so close. We'd hiked probably four or five miles up and we thought, well, we got to go to the summit. We can't get this far and not do it. So, long story short, we see the summit, and as we start going down, it gets dark a lot quicker than we thought. Um, Then we end (coughs) up getting off the trail a little bit, maybe half a mile or a mile. And at this point, our phones are dead. It's pitch black, and luckily we had one small flashlight. (laughs) Um, But the adventure was navigating down another four ish miles to the bottom to find my other two friends who had the map um and it was one of the scariest moments of my life but then when we found our other two buddies uh we were just we knew we were safe and we thought that we had to we would have had to maybe stay overnight at the top of the mountain and try to huddle up or something but just the adventure of navigating and finding our way to safety, even though it wasn't real danger, um, could have been, but uh, that was definitely the craziest adventure
1: I've, I've ever been on. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, type two fun. Type two yeah. fun is that, that fun where it's like, this sucks in the moment, but afterwards as time passes, you're like, oh, that actually turned out to be pretty cool.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Uh, Yvonne Chavard, the founder of Patagonia says, it's not an adventure until something goes wrong.
0: So okay, I go. like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Next, yeah. uh, what yeah. is a future adventure that scares you?
1: Ooh, it's a good question. Um, ironically, part of like the 10 year vision I had was to go and, and slowly start you know spending more time in different uh, countries and being around different cultures and having my family be able to experience that. Um, so while it's, you know, less physical adventure, we're going to be spending most of the winter this year in Costa Rica, um, and working from there and, you know, and getting in the water every day. And, uh, so I'd say that's, it's, you know, the first time we're traveling for that long, you know, with our daughter and, uh, you know, there's a lot of knowns for sure. And, you know, but there's also a lot of unknowns. Um, so I'd say that's, that's a, you know, it's coming up in a couple of weeks. So it's one of those things that that's right on the horizon uh and we're pretty psyched but definitely causes you know a little angst about a couple of like the logistics of how it's all going to work uh so pretty psyched on that oh
0: that's going to be so cool and i hope you can get some surfing in down there i'm sure the waves are going to be great uh and that just i can't wait to hear about that that's going to be a great journey
1: yeah yeah super psyched on it (laughs) um yeah the the we chose there because it's great surf, but unfortunately, I, you know, recently, four and a half months ago, ruptured my Achilles tendon, so I'm I'm not allowed to surf. But oh, my plan yeah. is to bodyboard, and I got a hand plane, so I'll still get in the water in, in capacities that I can, uh, and it's it's a a perfect place to focus on recovery as well.
0: Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you will get in the water at least. Um, a
1: future adventure for me, yeah, that but it's going to act- be painful to watch people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go I, ahead. Yeah. So actually my future adventure that scares me, I was another podcast that I listened to, uh, Michael's where you talked about the Casco Bay swim run, I believe it's called. Uh, that is something that is yeah. in my, on my future list to do because I've been big into swimming recently, but haven't really done a lot of running and just getting out in the middle of casco bay right off the coast of portland and navigating your way uh it sounded like quite the adventure Uh, a lot of things going wrong uh so i'm excited for that and just the the physical uh pushing through swimming and running i that's something i'm really looking forward to but it scares the crap out of me so (laughs)
1: yeah I understand that as it did to me, and again, that's one of those things where once you're you finish and you overcome that, it's an experience that nobody can ever take away from you, and there's a lot of of uh durability that you gain from from doing that, and like you said, you know it forces you to have to become you know efficient in your swimming and in your running and navigating uh so it's a very, very cool experience. I'd highly suggest mm-hmm. doing it
0: oh i will someday definitely (laughs) okay next uh this is an interesting question it's a tough one but if you could pick only three sports or workout styles to do the rest of your life what would they be
1: oh that is a good question i'd say so oh man so many answers uh I'm a big fan of multi-sport days. Um, So for me, being able to like, you know, go up to Sugarloaf in the morning and be able to like, I love to hike Sugarloaf with a headlamp on, usually like listening to a podcast uh, in the dark and you get to the summit and watch the sun come up, you know, sitting there with a cup of coffee by yourself. Uh, Again, you feel small and watching the like world wake up below you. And then once there's enough light, being able to, you know, bomb down, making big turns is just an incredible feeling. Um, And then making our way back. And, you know, if there's good waves, being able to surf, you know, later in the day uh, on the same day, it's just such an incredible experience. But I'd say, you know, skinning up Sugarloaf uh, is one of those movements for me. I really enjoy surfing as well. And I know you're getting into it and it's just like a, it's one of the most meditative experiences that I can get into. It's a perfect blend of, you know, being physically powerful, yet graceful, uh, understanding like in dancing with the ocean and you realize that you are small and insignificant. Uh, and that's just a very powerful place to be. And then the, I'd say for the third is I really enjoy training for the sake of training. Like I really enjoy CrossFit. Um, And being able to have like benchmarks that I compare myself against. And it's truly not competing against other people for me that does anything. It's competing against myself. And I really enjoy the fact that, you know, there's certain workouts like, you know, Murph, which is done every year. Uh, where, you know, you can see like the first year I couldn't do it even like in the most scaled of ways. And then, you know, each year you iterate and you get a little bit better and a little bit faster and do, you know, a harder variation. And all of a sudden, again, when you look back at where you came from, you can't help, but be proud of your progress. And so I'd say for me, it's, it's, you know, that getting out into the mountains, whether it's skiing or climbing, surfing, and then, you know, I'd say like just the training for the the fun of training and and monitoring your progress Mm -hmm. nice
0: nice
1: yeah how about you i would say
0: first of all i gotta go with racket sports i'll group those all into one i really like these just because yeah i feel like i build mobility and strength through ranges of motion the best when there's an external object like a ball uh just because You can do your typical mobility drills all day, but when you have to react and then lunge in all different directions, that's when I feel like I am growing um, in the best fashion for mobility. Uh, They're also a lot of fun. So that's number one. Number two, I would say swimming. Been big into that. And for me, that's Hmm. a big meditative practice. Just trying to be one with the water and really just relax. Um, everybody has a tendency to tense up and work against the water. So that's something I am constantly working on just being graceful. And then number three, I would say similar to what you said for your last one, just the training and progressing with strength training, um, or mobility, something along those lines, uh, in the quantifiable sense and yeah because that is just seeing progress over a long period of time. That's one thing I also really love, so those are my three
1: <laughs> yeah that's awesome and I know we we mentioned this uh before hopping on the podcast, but uh pickleball being one of those racket sports mm-hmm. uh is incredibly addictive um, is. and I know you and I both share that uh it is. Outrageously fun, very addictive, uh, and I like the blend, like you said, of you know having an external focus, you know, and and strategy, and it's the perfect combination of you know getting in good good physical movement and mental strategy, uh, and then sharing it with friends is is hard to beat.
0: Yeah, I hope one day when you recover from your Achilles, uh, we could play in a tournament or uh, play together or something like that.
1: Oh, I'm down. So down.
0: All right. Sounds good. Okay. Last question for the Q&A. What is one thing that you are currently learning or working on?
1: This is a great question. Uh, the f- first thing that pops into my brain is is balance. Uh, I'm the type of person who I tend to like go into something, you know, with everything I have. Which I really like, but that's usually at the detriment of other things. So for me, it's it's realizing there are seasons of life, and you know, while it's important to you know do a great job and and go all in on things, it's also important to realize again because life is short that you know making sure that you're doing the things that continue to make you happy and and those around you happy is important while still moving things forward. So. The big things right now is just realizing that time with my daughter is, you know, she's only young once. So wanting to make sure that I get to enjoy the hell out of that and maximize that time. And then I'd say the other thing is, is, um, you know, learning a lot about business and different ways to iterate and different ways to create value and different ways to, you know, answer the, the never ending questions that people have, um, and trying to do that as seamlessly and as, as easily as possible for you know, clients and consumers.
0: Oh, nice. I love those. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. How about you? I
0: would say right now I'm working on journaling more often and specifically at the end of every day, I've been writing down a quick sentence about when I was at my best that day and when I was at my worst. And this has really multiplied. And every day I start to realize, okay, maybe yesterday, this same situation was when I was at my worst. I'm going to work on avoiding that. And then same thing with the best things, noticing, all right, this was yesterday I was at my best. So I'm going to try to do that again. And it's really kind of had a snowball effect and just improved overall quality of life and, Felt like I've been able to help more people because of this mindset. So that's one thing. Uh, as for learning, I've been big into the postural restoration stuff recently and just figuring out how when different areas are compressed, compressed, uh, other areas in the body will be uh, more biased to expansion. And then just seeing the body as a puzzle, trying to figure that out. It's a long journey, but that's what I'm really wrapped up in right now
1: yeah that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and I think too, like you said with the journaling, like self-reflection is is an awesome thing. Like being able, even if it's for a minute at a time, to hit pause and kind of reflect is, is really important.
0: It is. It makes a world of difference. Okay, well let's finish up with it truly uh, does. the question that I ask everybody, and it is what it what does movement fluidity mean to you?
1: I think that's the, uh, it's combining all of the things. So it's being able to combine you know, raw strength and power with gracefulness and, and softness. And I think being able to combine those two things together <clears throat> where you can call on either end of the spectrum as needed uh, is what movement fluidity would be to me.
0: I like that. That's very true. Yeah, you gotta combine what's, them all.
1: What's yours?
0: Oh sure. mine it it's it's tough to explain. Um jeez, I've been asking all my guests this, but I guess I haven't put together a a real definition myself. I I think it really comes down to efficient movement and working well with gravity and with external forces and objects to gracefully and efficiently move throughout the world
1: yeah oh i like that it's a great answer it's a great answer
0: (laughs) thank you i love it you. well where can my guests find you on uh, social media and your podcast if you could let them know that would be great and i'll uh, leave a link to these in the show notes below
1: perfect yeah uh i'm michael p leary uh, on everything, all platforms. Um, and the podcast is the curiosity game. Um, and I just started a solo podcast, which is just called the whole human podcast. And that's just going to be me speaking on topics for anywhere from two to 10 minutes, little short deals. Um, and so yeah, can be found anywhere on the whole human, uh, podcast and then Michael P Leary on everything else.
0: Nice. Oh, I'll check out that new podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Michael.
1: Hey, this was awesome. I appreciate you having me on.